It's your host, Toast, and it's uh, been a while. I think it's been a month or over a month. I'm so sorry that these episodes come at such a sporadic nature. I usually fall into pits where I just don't know what to talk about or I want to really pre-plan an episode, but this one's more sort of pre-planned, who knows. We'll get into it. But today I want to talk about looking up to people. And in this case, like, for me, I look up to strangers. Like, I could walk... I'll get into this. I'll get into this. But in a general sense, looking up to strangers, your friends, or even, like, finding siblinghood in your friendships with older people. Um, I know for me, I'm the oldest sibling, um, and I have one younger brother, I don't have as many siblings as other people, so I guess you could say I'm lucky to that amount, or maybe not. That's up to self-interpretation, but being an older sibling, especially for one person, I feel like there's more of a responsibility, because I feel partially responsible for how my brother turns out, because I'm a step-in-mother figure at times, and when I realize that my parents may not be able to communicate or rather um, really get the point across to my younger brother at a level which he understands I become that sort of mediator. But that's just the older sibling experience. Or like, I like to dub it the first-gen elder daughter complex because it's a very much a shared experience among elder daughters of first-gen households that they take on a larger responsibility than the average older sibling does. Um, First, starting with being this sort of sit-in therapist for their parents. I find this to be a common experience, um, not just in my own life, but with other people I know. Like, being the sit-in therapist, um, first of all, this starts off from a very young age. I know for me, it was when I was around six or five, um, where when my parents would argue, I would quite literally it'd be like a courtroom almost where I would use this paper towel roll as a sort of gavel to silence them and ensure that they were talking one by one and um I'd really like to get across that no child should be responsible or responsible for carrying their parents' sensibilities and insecurities that is completely unhealthy. And now looking back on it, it really affected my perception and attitudes towards not just relationships, but into friendships as well. And it partially made me fear for my life if disputes were to break out in my life. Because, you know, arguments and having this sort of discourse can be healthy um, if done in amount. And it oftentimes results in a stronger relationship between either a couple or a friendship, these sort of arguments. But when arguments turn violent, both physically or mentally abusive, or in either of the two, it's a very fine line to draw. And if those arguments are held and not forgiven and forgotten or put behind in the past and instead used as a tool to get across sort of manipulation or gaslighting it's it's horrible but that was a little bit long-winded and i recommend also doing your own research into this as to what's healthy what's not because again i'm not the one to dictate to that dictate that it's different for everyone but 
that was just like my experience like being the mediator and then again taking care of siblings and whether that be just with like being physically there all the time and the sort of babysitter and making sure they're being fed and they're going to bed on time or whether you need maybe taking up a job or two to help sustain the rest of your family and this is a common experience like we are forced to grow up so fast and oftentimes this leads to us abandoning any semblance of what would be a normal childhood or a childhood at all and there was a question I once heard posed not to me it was rather open-ended um I it was I know that you had to mature so fast, but I want to know if you can still act and behave like a child. I mean, like, not in a literal sense. If you're, like, 20, you probably don't want to act like a child, but you know what it is to, like, feel and be like a child and have that sort of optimism, that wonderment, and that sort of idealized perception of everything where you don't need to see the negatives to enjoy a moment, but... That's some food for thought. Anyways, due to my lack of older siblings and need to grow up fast, I struggled a lot because I couldn't find anyone to really relate to. And I would oftentimes, at least in my near life, like I could talk to, interact with. I didn't have anyone I could relate to in terms of um, also being an older sibling, but also... I, as an older sibling, wanted an older sibling of my own. I wanted someone to confide in, seek guidance from, and have that sort of like mentor to mentee relationship or just, you know, a general companion that's wiser. And you could argue that age doesn't dictate how wise a person is. Hell, there's like 25 year olds who are more childish than 12 year olds at times. But I think what I really wanted was just like, again, that companionship and as of recent or even like representation and this kind of intersects with representation to me because at least for me as someone who's also like south asian and brown i I feel like this is kind of cliche because this is such a conversation you hear a lot we need representation but i'm here to kind of come in as an empath and with some pathos and kind of explain like the emotional attachments for me at least as to why i found so much value in representation and ironically enough representation meant more to me as i became older versus when i was younger and i really realized the effects of how it affected me when i was younger once i was older so as i moved on older and gotten older i attached and loved any sort of South Asian representation I got more and yeah anyways I'll get into it so as someone also I'm a first-gen student here in the states um this is such a small thing to me but whenever I saw like newly graduates of like colleges universities you know how they have their stoles with like their university logo and it's like for example UCLA class of 2021 like something like that and, and I saw someone, a particularly like a woman, 
<laughs> with her stall taking graduation pictures. This is why I love looking at graduation pictures at times or like other people's graduation pictures. So I saw some of them looked at me graduating. I was like, that can be me one day. And that is going to be me one day. And it like, it made me so happy for some reason. It's just like, they did it and I can do it. And they're living proof and a testament as to what I can do and what I can become. And to that, to me, it's so goddamn cool. Oh my god, I was getting all giddy just now talking about it. And honestly, stoles are really cool. Um, I can't wait to graduate high school and have my key club stole. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I never got like a middle school graduation with like the caps and the gowns. And honestly, I feel like they're unnecessary <laughs> because like it's this middle school, guys. Damn, chill. Like, did you have an ele- elementary graduation? And I feel like. The more graduations you have, the less special they become, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, middle school isn't even that hard. High school is when it's really rough, even academically. Like, mm. anyways, that was, a, that was a little ramble. But when I did see those lovely ladies, I don't know who they are. And I hope they're doing well right now with their stoles. It made me so happy. I want to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to graduate. And I'm going to I'm gonna do great. We're going to do this. Oh, my God. I'm just giving myself a pep talk. But to anyone out there who's in college, who's in high school, who's seeking out higher education, you can do it. You, too, can wear that stole and walk proudly. Oh, my gosh. I'm so giddy now. <laughs> But yeah, that was like my, I was talking about how strangers can be sort of an inspiration to me. And that's my one example. Like, they're strangers. I don't know them, but they look like me. Like, not objectively, but like more in a, in a general sense. Like, they have tan skin. They are coming from the same cultural background as me. And a culture that, at least for me, in my environment, was against women achieving higher education like i was told directly at times that hey have you ever thought about not going to college and just getting married you know or are you sure you want to pursue law school or go to grad school is it married? like you know seeing this and just seeing them kind of dismantle what has been in place to really put down women and their pursuit in education it's just inspiring to me Okay, secondly now, I want to get into a few friendships that I've formed with people who are particularly older than me. And this ranges from, like, friendships I've developed in high school, especially because, like, in middle school, I never interacted with my own, not underclassmen, but, like, upperclassmen. I don't know why my brain was about to say overclassmen, because that doesn't make sense, but... I guess like under and over, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, my upperclassmen, so I didn't really interact with them in middle school, but in high school especially, I began to interact with my upperclassmen more because they were simply in clubs with me, or even classes more often enough. So once I did, I did, I feel like I didn't attach to them as sibling dynamic as much because for certain we were having a lot of shared experiences, right? Similar classes and clubs. And their experiences were only different than mine in terms of like being in an academic setting like high school by like a one to two year difference. So it's less a matter of like, oh, you were more experienced here, but mentally it seems we're almost the same age and other experiences. At least that's that. But as of recently, I made a few friends that are actually in college and... For some reason to them, I attach a larger 
sibling dynamic, or at least I see it that way, rather than, I guess, peer-to-peer. And it's so, like, it's very similar to the whole, like, they're graduating, have stoles sort of thing, except with their own experiences. And, you know, you don't really think it gets better until someone who who made it to the other end tells you it gets better. They're the living truth. And, you know, arguably enough, like, it never fully resolves itself, like, whether that be mental illness or any other struggles or pain, but it will get better. It will get better. And part of high school or, you know, your adolescent life is holding on to that hope that it'll get better. And when it does, it's it's all worth it. Um... That was really cheesy, but yeah, a lot of my friends, peers, like, I just view them as these really cool older siblings. Like, you know how younger siblings oftentimes mimic their older siblings as a way to, like, either be seek validation or even, like, um, kind of fill that hole of admiration um, because, like, you admire them so much that you mimic them because you want to be just as cool. And I view all these they're friends of mine who are in college like it's just so cool oh my gosh i want to tell you i want to i could sit here and talk to you about how cool each of them is but they're just so cool like one of them does poetry and honestly i've never had much exposure to poetry outside like my english classes and in my english classes it was very brief and then seeing someone so immersed into something like poetry that's just so cool to me or like one of them is really into programming and that's just amazing too like oh my gosh the dedication the passion and and i want to put as much passion and time and dedication and love into something like that one day too or one of them I was really into math, and i'm just like yes you go or one of them plays guitar and that's just so so cool so cool they're all very cool lovely amazing people and you know i'm probably viewing this through rose colored lenses right because i am from the bottom looking up i'm looking up at these sort of deities these gods to me and i'm unable to see the flaws that stand behind them because i'm so much on the ground that i can only see these pristine faces and images and i like to hope till time i learn those flaws one day but for now, I can really only see them as these these amazing people. And I love these amazing people. I'm sorry, I'm really rambling at this point, but I love them. <laughs> and to anyone out there who's an older sibling, or maybe an older person with a younger friend, this sounds so weird, but please also make sure you're not being like groomed in a sort of friendship where there is a very large age gap um and be careful of the age gaps and the dynamics just like you know make sure you're safe because you know what being groomed is a very serious subject um and especially when you're young and on the internet you shouldn't be in places you're not supposed to be or in places where you're vulnerable and made uncomfortable but that's all I'm going to say for this one in terms of internet grooming. And that's a whole other episode. And educate yourself on that. But anyways, back to the main gushy-gushy over these people who are just amazing. Like, one of them does art. Oh, my God. And in a way, their own passions inspired me to touch back in on my own. Because, like, oh, what I like to refer to this as, like, that rat race. You get so caught up with 
pleasing others in high school or whether that be college admissions, your peers, your teachers, you get so caught up with that you kind of lose sense of who you are and what you like and what you would benefit from that if you dedicated time into. And for me, that was art because I didn't necessarily benefit anywhere in terms of external validation when I did art until I kind of became a bit more intuitive with myself and was like, I'm going to do art for the sake of it. And I met this like lovely small community of artists who just share and hype each other up about their art, offer advice, tips, and it's just, it's lovely to see so much positivity just spread around like a virus, you know? Um, Although coronavirus was detrimental to a lot of things in this world, the economy, the loss of life, and the experience of one and a half years, we can spread a different virus, and that's the happy virus, by just spreading some good old positivity. Yeah. So those are, like, two experiences I have in terms of, like, projecting these older sibling or context, older sibling contexts onto other people, which may be unhealthy in itself. But one last one I want to talk about is media, because... For me, I think again, this is just later in my life, like seeing these graduates and seeing and meeting these lovely friends who are older and coming in with so much more wisdom and life experience and being like, hey, don't, don't do that. Instead, do this. I recommend because I did that and it was bad, so on and so forth. But when I was younger, I didn't have nothing of that. And you know, you gotta get by somehow, otherwise life would be extremely rough. And that's why I came to really attach onto media. I, I still kind of stand by this a lot of the time. A lot of shows raised me as a kid. And I think this is a unlimited Netflix access does to a kid. Um, a lot of shows on there helped reinstall a lot of morals and values I hold to this day. Uh, there's this one anime actually called Fruits Basket. And if you're anyone familiar with it, that show has a lot of lessons that I argue that anyone should take into their life, whether that be coming to terms and acceptance, stuff like that. Um, Fruits Basket really raised me, and a lot of the time I would also try to find characters for me to kind of project onto um, and take their little personalities and make my own, I guess, or like if there was traits I admired about them, I'd want to replicate that. Kind of like if they were my older sibling and I was just trying to mimic them and you know, it was pretty, it's pretty rad. <laughs> um, or even like movies. A lot of the time when I'd watch movies and, you know, I would be so immersed in these stories a lot of the time because to me it was like a form of escapism. Um, life wasn't nice to me for, sometimes. Um, it was rough, especially since like the people who I was supposed to look up to as the older child were my parents and I really couldn't do that. So as a way to sort of escape the reality I was in and sometimes the situations or the times, I would just watch these shows and hold on and cling for the best, you know? And for that, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful that I was able to have that because some people don't have that at all. And, and if you're just realizing that you need something like this, hey, it's not too late. You can find hope. You can find comfort. You can find cope. That rhymed in the weirdest way possible but you can and it's not a dead street you got this yeah yeah i feel like i'm just throwing these little cheer on words 
and they might come off as like empty hearted, but I really do mean it because I was actually kind of coming across this lately. I wish I could express how I felt like with my words and articulate that much better. But sometimes even when I write out like in a thousand word essay to someone about how much I love and appreciate them and how thankful I am for them to be in my life or even through gestures, I feel like I could never get it across as enough as it feels like I, it's like, how do I describe, I can't even describe it now to you because it's just like an internal amount of screaming like, ah, I love you so much, you're so cool, a lot of word jumbo and it may come off as weird as someone so it's just like ah thank you you're so cool and that just comes off as shallow but like the words mean a lot and i'm trying to get that across oh my god but yeah i love a lot of people in my life right now and i'm really grateful for these people in my life right now and you know another fear i kind of want to touch on in relation to this because i know i won't make a whole podcast episode about it is The fact that things must come to an end at times. Um, I was talking to a friend about this partially and how everything seems to be okay right now. And how us watching these shows, like, it's all going to come to an end one day. And when it does, like, will I even notice? Will I miss it? Will I ever forget it? And part of his response to that was part of his practically acceptance and acceptance of not only the moment, itself um but accepting that everything will be a memory one day and if it means a lot to you now it's up to you to keep remembering that and remembering the things from that and understanding that rather than worrying what something good will become in the future enjoy the now because otherwise you really won't be able to enjoy that now but yeah um this was this really odd this is a weird place to end off since we started off kind of gushing about woman once more lovely woman get those college degrees you first gen ladies and men you know get them get them you got this um <laughs> but it's it's an odd place to end off but it kind of just ties back you know enjoy the moment enjoy what you have and things get better and if they get worse just so they can get better from there you know um yeah, and I'm kind of stumbling over my words right now, but that was Talk With Toast with your host, Toast, and I hope to see you again soon, and hopefully not in a month from now, um, and yeah, have a nice day, night, evening, whatever it may be, and bye!